Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, what's up all of our Liberty loving friends? This is Nate and Charlie with Good Morning Liberty live from the Students for Liberty, Liberty Con in Miami, Florida. We are sitting down with Dr. Rainer Zeidelman. How you doing today? Yes, I'm great meeting so many people who are pro-liberty and here especially Good Morning Liberty. It's a, <laughs> it's a great slogan. So Thank you. We heard that you have a very interesting story, and I know that you're going to be speaking here in just a little bit, so I'm going to try and come catch some of that. But first off, if you could give our listeners some of your backstory and then maybe a quick rundown of what it is you're talking about today. Yes, I will do so. I'm a historian and sociologist, but I did a lot of different things in my life. I was an entrepreneur and investor for 15 years. Then I sold my company. Today I'm writing books. Every, day, every year a new book. In January, my book number 27 will be published in defense of capitalism. And this is the topic where I'm talking about today. Great. 27. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. How do you have time for 27 books? I sold my company. I made a lot of money in this time with investments as an, and as an entrepreneur. And today, the only thing I have to do is writing books and traveling all over the world because the next book will be published in, 20, in 27 languages. And I promise to come to every country to speak about the book. And so on. that's what I'm doing today, writing my books, traveling and speaking about it. So I'm sure everyone listening noticed that you have a bit of an accent. Uh, could you tell everyone... Where, where you're from originally? Ah, I think I have a big accent, maybe similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hopefully <laughs> I don't know whether it sounds similar for you, but because it does. He, he comes from Austria and I come from, from Germany. And in Germany, they call me, people can't see me now, but they call me the big muscle of capitalism. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles are bigger than mine, but I also have a little bit from my age. I'm 65 now. Looking good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> So what, uh, what year did you come, come over from Germany? I came here to speak about this topic in defense of capitalism. Yeah. After this, I, will, I, I was in Vietnam before. This was very interesting, 11 days. Okay. They call themselves socialists, but um, 
I find more Marxist in United States and in Europe than I found in Vietnam. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's scary. They, they think very capitalist. <laughs> now, yeah. you, you live in Germany, right? I live, like in, you Ger live, yes, in, Berlin. I live in Germany. Yes. I live in Berlin. That's correct. Uh, tell us a little bit, you know, uh, we were talking to Rob earlier, and he mentioned the fall of the Berlin Wall and, uh, and that that was a really important day in history. So uh, why, is that, why is that so important? Absolutely. I remember this uh, day because in the night when I heard that the wall came down, this was um, the only time in my life that tears ran down my face on political reason when I told my mother because I was always for reunification of Germany and this was the, the breakdown of socialism there. It was such a great experience and after this we thought now every, everyone had to be aware that capitalism is better than socialism. But what happens 30 years later? People forget about it. They forget, and this is the reason why I made this film with Free to Choose Network, Life Behind Berlin Wall, to tell people how it was real life in socialism, not like this in the book. You know, socialists, they, they try or they, they like to speak about theory and their, their books, mm. but I like to speak about history. Because socialism looks always good on paper, with, without the exception when it is a history book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what, uh, what were some of the major differences? Why was it so, so terrible behind the wall? What, what did I, you see there? Yes, I don't speak about political oppression. I, I think people know that, that it was a terrible system with political oppression. But socialists today will tell us, and that, that's not what we want. We don't want a wall and we don't want a uh, one-party system. But their economic ideas are very similar because they believe in the state. They believe in the power of state and they mistrust the market. And so the focus of this film is about the economy. And I give you only some facts. If I ask people, what do you guess? How long do you have to, did you have to wait for a car? in East Germany. Do you know this? What is your guess? Five years. Five years, what do you say? Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say less than that, months. Oh, no, it was between 12 and 17 years. Wow. That you have to wait to get the worst car in the world, the Trappi. Wow. You know, that was the worst car in the world and you had to wait between 12 and 17 years. Most people don't know it. And another fact, what do we guess the number of people who had a telephone, a landline, this time in, in East Germany, the percentage, what do you guess? 20%. I was going to say, I was going to say yes, 20%. It's, similar. it's 16, yeah. but in West Germany it was 99%. Wow. And 27% uh, and, uh, of people in East Germany didn't have their own toilet. They had to share it with other people. Uh, at the same time in West Germany, everyone had their own toilet. And I think it's, it's good to compare because it's the same country the same history, the same language, the same, same mentality, the same people, the only difference is the economic system. And so I think, so I like to compare things that you can compare. In my book, The Power of Capitalism, I compared, for example, North, South Korea, Chile, Venezuela, or East and West Germany. But socialists, they like to compare their idea, utopia from perfect society with reality from capitalism and i think this isn't fair it's it would be the same if i compare your marriage with a love novel and maybe, <laughs> yes, yes, maybe, maybe your wife will tell you 
oh, we have to divorce. I read this math novel and everything <laughs> is so perfect. And now I compare it with, you would say it's, it's not fair. That's Please right. compare it with our friends. Oh, I've and had that is, conversation several times. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but that's what I do in my books, yes? To compare things that you can compare. You and compare. this is what socialists ha hate. Yes. You compare the reality with reality. Yes, Versus exactly. reality and fantasy. Yes, and this is what I do. I can recommend everyone to see this movie. If you Google it, Life Behind the Berlin Wall, you can see it for free on the internet. It's only 17 minutes, but I think it's an amazing uh, film. And, and we even got an award for this film in July at Las Vegas uh, Freedom Fest. It was uh, uh, the, the, the audience choice for, for best, best, uh, move, best film. It was the Anthem this. Film yes, Festival, yes. right? Anthem Fe Film Festival yes. at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's great. So I love that. So the problem between East and West Germany, though, that was just because the wrong person was in charge, right? If you had the right people, then it would be fine. Or is it really just a flaw in the ideology? Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Do you ever get stuck focusing on problems and not the solutions to those problems? I bet you do because that's totally normal. Heck, we talk about problems like 80% of the time on this show. But the day we spend talking about solutions, that's actually the most important one. I mean, seriously, we got so many things going on. The economy, society, our personal lives, of course. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode. But there's no better feeling than learning how to find your own solutions. No matter how big or small, a therapist can help you become a better problem solver. And honestly, it feels pretty weird to talk about therapy, as I do a lot on here. But I've done it, and it worked. I went through a really tough period a few years ago, and I still remember a couple pivotal things that my therapist told me. Today, I'm feeling better than ever, and I'm not afraid to tell everyone that therapy played a really big role in that transition. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Oh, that's what they always tell us. Uh, after socialism failed, they tell us, oh, this wasn't real socialism, but next time it will work better. But they tell us since 100 years, even in the Soviet Union with Stalin time, first they admired Stalin, they praised Stalin. After it failed, they said, oh, no, no, this wasn't real socialism. Oh, do you remember 20 years ago when Hugo Chavez came to power in Venezuela? All the intellectuals all over the world, they were so enthusiastic about they called it the socialism of 21st century. They praised him. Barbara Walters here in the United States praised, praised him. And then after it failed, you know, it failed, it was a total disaster. Like always, oh, no, no, this wasn't real socialism. <laughs> and I give you an example. What they do, it's so crazy. I give you a picture. Imagine a housewife who bakes a cake. She invites guests, Saturday, but unfortunately guests get sick, even they have to vomit. So she, she understood, okay, something was wrong with the recipe. Next week she invites guests again, she ch changes a little bit the recipe, some slight modification. But what happens again, guests get sick, have to vomit. Okay, she understood something was wrong, I have to make some other modifications. Next week she bakes again the cake, invites the guests, vomit again. 
And then she does it 24 times. Now you'll tell me, it's a crazy story. There's no housewife in the world <laughs> crazy like this. And you are true. This is correct, but socialists did exactly the same thing. That wasn't the real cake. They, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, they, they did the same thing with the same recipe, only with slight modification. They tried in China in a different way than in Soviet Union, in Cuba in another way than in uh, Yugoslavia, in East Germany in another way than in North Korea. But it failed again and again, as with this ba uh, cake baked by the housewife. So this is what Albert Einstein called to be insane doing the same thing and expecting different results. So tell us a little bit about the defense of capitalism, which you're about to go speak uh, speak about here in a few minutes. I know we uh, that's your latest, a few minutes here. That's your latest book, right? This is the next book. I can recommend it to everyone. It will be published in January in the United States, but it will be published in 27 countries. So there's a great interest. And I didn't wrote it for anti-capitalists because I don't think that they buy a book in defense of capitalism. <laughs> they prefer to book to buy book number 35 wife capitalism is evil. Yeah, I, right. No, I I wrote it for people who maybe they are pro pro free market and but they didn't have the opportunity like I did for this book. I read for this book 360 scientific books and papers and it has more than 900 footnotes. But on the other hand, it's written in an easy to, way to understand. And not everyone has the opportunity to read 360 mm -hmm. books about this topic. And there are some chapters, for example, chapter one, capitalism is to blame for hunger and poverty, or chapter two, capitalism is to blame for inequality. Then. Uh, capitalism is to blame for climate change and environmental problems. And in every chapter, I refute with this argument with so many facts, facts, facts. And I guarantee you, if you read this book and then you have a discussion with an anti-capitalist, it's no, no way that you can lose the discussion because, <laughs> because you have all the facts that are there in this book in defense of capitalism. And another thing I did for this book, I commissioned a poll from one of the leading polling institutes in the world, Ipsos Mori, in 27 countries now, what people think about capitalism. Now we can compare. And one of the results was the most pro-capitalism opinion was in Poland number one. Really? That's because they, they knew what it was. Number three was Czech Republic. Wow. So it's people who want capitalism because they have something else. <laughs> they, they remember some yeah, of them. They've had what, something what, else. What was socialism? Yeah. So Polish people were very pro-capitalism. Pro well, we have, to, we have to wrap up now, but when the book comes out, we'd love to have you back on to go through these chapters and talk about it. Absolutely. We, we can have a conversation about each of these 10 chapters. Mm -hmm. I did it in Germany to give people the arguments. For example, if you discuss capitalism means greed, or capitalism is responsible for monopolies, what do you say about this? You can have two possibilities. You can read the book or you can listen to our 10 interviews that we will have about this book. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I love it. So where can everyone go now to check out your previous 26 books, right? Go on Emerson, for example, and you find, for example, I can recommend The Power of Capitalism. This is a book where I compare things that you can compare, like East and West Germany. You can find them all on, on Emerson. And I, I wrote the first book about prejudice and stereotypes against rich people. We have so many books 
prejudice nice. against women, against black people, against disabled people, against Jewish people, against. But there was not a single book about prejudice against wealthy people. And I wrote this book. It's published by Cato Institute, and the title is "The Rich in Public Opinion." You can find them all on Emerson. I and, love it. And that's Dr. Renee Ziegler, right? Reiner right? uh, Seidelman. Rainer Seidelman, yes. yes. I know the name is a little bit hard to, to pronounce, but I think you, I'm sure you can find it on the internet. Even if you Google the power of capitalism, you can find it. All right. Doctor, doctor, we yes. really appreciate your time today. <laughs> Thank I you. I hope your speech goes well. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>